First on film and entertainment on the Sunday morning, the show of the year because the best and worst movies of 2022 we are going to dissect today. Exactly. We have got the one and only Jackie Hamilton, the person who always likes to be right. Good morning, Jackie. Good morning, Alex and listeners and um, other reviewers. Hope you're having a good morning today. And apart from Jackie, we, we know this person never quite gets it right, but we excuse him all the time. Peter Krause, g'day. Good day, Alex and everyone, and I never get it wrong. Exactly, Mundo. <laughs> now, Gregory King, the man who more than anybody else loves to talk football on this show. How are you doing? Uh, as Billy Joel once said, Alex, you might be right, you may be wrong, it may be a lunatic you're looking for. Thank you kindly. And a man who occasionally comes on, we wish he was here more often. He knows a lot about film, Fred K. Levitt. G'day, sir. G'day, mate. How bloody hell are you? Yeah, exactly, Mundo. Now, look, we've, we've had the good fortune this week to see Avatar The Way of Water. And it's been quite a wait because it, it was one of these things that 13 years ago, we saw this extraordinary motion picture and we've been waiting for, this is the first of another three sequels beyond it. So there's five in the series as far as I'm concerned. So I, I, the next one, when is the next one, Fred? We're talking a year or two away, aren't we? I think they made two, three, four, and possibly five together. Mm, but so... in terms of release, they're gonna, they're, they'll drip feed it to us. They're, it's yeah, not going to yeah. be another 13-year wait, though, which is the <laughs> No, I think it'll come out in the next two years, the next yeah, one. So we have saw, saw this movie, and I've got to say that it's half an hour longer than Avatar. So it's a long sit, three hours and 12 minutes. I, that's the first question I'll, I'll put to you, Jackie. Is that Did that trouble you, the fact that it was the length that it was? I don't mind a long film, Alex. I can sit for that long and be fully engaged with a film for three hours. Um, the best place to see it is where we saw it. We, we're incredibly privileged. Yeah, we're, we're incredibly privileged, Greg, are we not, that we saw it at IMAX? Not that, all of us saw it at IMAX. Ah, okay. So that's the place that I would highly commend to people to go along and see it. There's no screen like it. There's no sound like it. But it is, it, to me, it's the bee's knees. And we're the only city that has an IMAX in Australia. So that's the reason I'm suggesting that, not to lord it really? over. Really? Sydney doesn't have an IMAX? No. They, yeah, well, they had one a couple of years back or just before COVID and they were meant to rebuild it and obviously it's taken its time. So, yeah, that, that, that's, that's where it's happened. Is, um, I, I presume it's in the same location, Peter. I don't know. It is on Darling Harbour. Yeah, on Darling Harbour. Yeah, okay. So let, let's be – did we all love Avatar? I mean, I, I thought it was no. an extraordinary film. You didn't or you did? I did not yes. like it. Oh. And I didn't either. Oh. oh my God! Okay, well let's start. Let's start with uh, with you, Fred. What, why did you not like the original Avatar? It's exactly the same as the first film. No, no, no. Exactly I'm sorry. No, no, Fred. The original Avatar. Oh, the the original. I loved the original Avatar. Okay. So Peter, I, I, I disagreed with a lot of the initial uh, responses from a lot of critics saying, "Oh, it was like Fern Gully and uh, uh, you know, Dances with Wolves." Sure, yeah, the story shares quite a bit of similarities there, but. It was such a revolutionary film in terms of visuals and uh, just, you know, Cameron gives you an experience you'll never forget. Um, well, James Cameron is a masterful filmmaker. So, sorry, Peter, are you saying to me, Pete, you did not enjoy the original Avatar, Peter Krause? Not particularly. I uh, I always look for a good story and, uh, and the original Avatar had a, a fairly mundane storyline. Yes, it yeah. was visually spe uh, visually spectacular, but I just didn't like the story much at all, and I just could not stand seeing Sigourney Weaver smoking. Oh, well, yes, I, I, yeah, I, yeah, that that, okay. that sort of bothered me too. Uh, but overall, I thought the film was amazing. Greg, did you love it or not the first one? I didn't mind the first one, but I thought it was a little bit long in the tooth. Um, so, so if you thought the first one was long in the tooth, and this is half an hour longer. Did that extra running time bother you? I haven't seen this one yet, Alex. Oh, you haven't? Sorry. I'm sorry, Greg. I had no idea you hadn't. Okay. I so sent, I sent you a message saying I haven't seen it. I haven't. I didn't receive the message. You're a St Kilda supporter. You're behind the rest of us. Hey, I've got football in there. Do you want to talk a little bit more about the Saints? No. no. Oh, okay, Jackie. That's fair enough. You don't have to. You can talk about Melbourne if you wish. Okay. Oh, so, 
this this franchise, I reckon, I mean, the whole idea is to mesmerise and excite. And I think it succeeds in doing it. And, I mean, the, James Cameron doesn't do anything by halves. And once again, let's see whether those of us who have seen it can agree that he's excelled with his technological wizardry and special effects. Jackie, true? Yes, absolutely. And not just that, but it's the it's it's not just the technology, it's the input of, of everything like colour and movement. And by taking it to the water this time, that gives the elemental thing as a whole new story again. Yeah. Okay. So and, and Peter, you would agree that technologically it's 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 amazing. Oh look, but we expect uh okay, good no, no, technology I, 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 I'm films. I'm gonna dissect this piece by piece. So, okay, we we might expect it, but but we've got what we expect in that regard, correct? You cannot separate story and dialogue from spectacle, and I'm afraid the two are meshed. I, I agree with um with Peter there. All right. Well, look, let's let's just uh, go into a little bit of detail about the story. It continues the legacy of Jake Sully, uh, the Sam Worthington character, and in the original he was a paraplegic marine grieving the death of his twin brother, and he was desperately searching for a, for a new path in life. And now he's the happily married patriarch of his family, head of the clan, and he fully inhabits his Navi body. And he and his wife, played by or voiced by Zoe Saldana, they've got four children, a couple of boys and a couple of girls. Uh, there's there's one called Natayam, there's another called Loak, then there's Took and an adopted teenage daughter called Kiri. And the Kiri is voiced by Sigourney Weaver. Now, all is sweet and, and life's good for more than a decade before human beings, sky people, return to this moon, which is named Pandora, in force, in large numbers. And Earth is on the precipice of being uninhabitable. And these raiders, the human beings, want to make Pandora the new home for humanity. And this time, their secret weapon, not to overlook what they bring by way of land, air and sea force and vehicles, is an elite team of soldiers who are resurrected as what are called recombinants. And recombinants, they're, they're autonomous avatars that look like the Navi. They're, they're tall, they're lean, they look identical. And they're embedded with the memories of the humans whose DNA was used to create them in the first instance. So autonomous avatars called recombinants. Are they still avatars, though? Yes. Yep, they're autonomous avatars. Yes, they are. <laughs> and leading the fighting force is the recombinant of the soldier that locked horns with Jake in the original motion picture. And he was killed at the end of the first film. And we're talking about Colonel Miles Corridge, played by the voice of Stephen Lang. And... Surprise, surprise, not. His target is Jake, squarely is, who eventually realises that he has to leave the rainforest on Pandora to try to keep his family safe. And that he and the family reluctantly do. They travel across the vast oceans of Pandora and they arrive at the home of another clan. And these are sea people led by uh, a, a chief played by the voice of Cliff Curtis and his wife, Kate Winslet, and, and this is a people that thrive underwater. And it's there where Jake and his family seek and are granted refuge. They have to learn new skills to adapt to their new surroundings. So there's conflict there between the children of the two clans. There's disobedience on the part of the, the kids. And it's also a story about their coming of age. One that plays an important part is a human being nicknamed Spider, played by the voice of Jack Champion. He's a he's an orphan. He's a bundle of energy. He stayed on after the last war, and and he feels like an Navi. He's kind of this wild child. And he's close friends with Jake's children, hangs out with them all the time. Notwithstanding internal conflict, the very real spectre of Colonel Miles Quaritch and his mercenaries continues to loom large, and they will continue to hunt for Jake. And, and nothing is going to stop them. That's what the story is all about. Now, okay, so let's let's go into the story. Uh, I mean, Fred, you said to me... Uh, I just wanted to correct you quickly, Alex. Please. You said uh, Stephen Lang was voice acting and Sigourney Weaver was voice acting. It's all really them. 
Well, it is. Yeah, that's true. They're okay. all actually acting. It's rotoscoped uh, motion capture. Yeah, a very, very good point, Fred. Yeah, very good point. And it, I suppose I was looking at them in their Navi form and uh, and I couldn't yeah. recognise them. So that's yeah. why I said voice of. Yes, that's quite correct. Thank you. And um, and and I wish I could backtrack, uh, but I can't. So okay. Uh, now the story itself, Fred. You said to me. You you know it's 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 more of the it's same. exactly the same as the first film. Okay, well, I, I want to get some commentary on that, Jackie. Do you think it is or it isn't? What was the question? What is? Do I think what is or what isn't? Do you, do you think the story is identical to the first story? Oh, no, no, the story is not identical, but it's very nice to have you uh, run through that because it's having been thirteen years since the original Avatar. I'd kind of forgotten what the story was or the details of the story, even though I remembered the gist of the film and more than anything, the visuals of it and my emotional reaction to it, which was which was a thorough enjoyment of it. Um, but because I'd forgotten the details, I really would have liked a little bit of a a little bit of a catch up in this. And I don't think that uh, this avatar, the way of the water gave me that. So I was a little bit lost um, I was completely lost in actually what was happening and because the story didn't even really get even, shall we say, mildly interesting, I lost interest in that and I just enjoyed the visuals of it in the end, I guess. I wasn't emotionally invested in anybody in the movie. I wasn't at all. And it tried to, it was, to me, it was a whole lot of war a whole lot of fighting and bombs and killing and guns. And then it tried to soften that with the other side of the, you know, the family connections. Uh, but because I didn't understand or I hadn't remembered, you know, how those connections came about, there was a kind of a looseness to it. So I, I didn't really, um, I, I didn't really well connect with them, if you like. And I Am just I think with one years the and $400 million budget, they might have written it a, a, a little more interesting. Okay, so, so let me just let me just make a comment comment here. Uh, at last in November, I think it was November, they re-released the original Avatar, which I which I had the good fortune to see. Peter, did you see it again at the time? Yes, I did. Yeah. Now uh, they did that deliberately so that people like Jackie could basically take a second look before the new movie came out. Obviously you didn't get you didn't. that proves that that proves that the sequel has not picked up the threads and given it to the people who either didn't have the opportunity or couldn't be bothered going to see the first one again, doesn't it? I don't, I don't think that proves it at all. I think that's not, that's not a, not not the correct again, you know, we, we like you being wrong. Do you think you could come in fresh to this after 13 years of having seen the first one and know what was going on? Well, look, often this is not, I mean, you think about Top Gun Maverick, right? That didn't go back, that didn't go back, <laughs> didn't go back well, over the... That was a duplicate of the first yeah, Top Gun. Top, Top Gun was just a remake of the first one. You didn't one, need to know the first. But, but, okay, I use that as an example because it's 36 years, but there, there are other sequels where a lot of time passes and they don't, Recap now. Okay, I, I take your point. Yeah, a, a number would, a number wouldn't. Peter, did it, did it trouble you that they didn't uh, recap or give you a little bit of a starter? No, not particularly. But if you look at the original, which supposedly professed uh, non-violence and harmony and cultural inclusiveness, etc., it, it is just uh, so boringly done in this uh, second version, uh, this new version of uh, Avatar. It is so bloated. Peter, we're struggling to hear you. you you've got a re—it's a really bad connection. It sounds like you're outside in the middle of traffic. Uh, I, sh uh, I shouldn't be. I should be quite clear. Are uh, you getting? You're improving. You're you're improving now. So we'll right. just, we'll just on the yep. way to the next movie. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> so okay. So Peter, just repeat what you just said, please. Oh, I just said uh, for the original film uh, professed to be about harmony and pacifism and uh, and family and uh, etc. But instead, this uh, this new version uh, is just a, a rehash of the original without furthering the story at all. And in exactly. fact, it's so bloated and cliche ridden that uh, I really got annoyed with the film by the end of it, even though it is with the high frame rate and the 3D quite a spectacle to look at.
Well, it, it, Perfect, perfectly it's interesting. Said, that, yeah. It's interesting that you said that because I don't. I don't agree with you. Uh, I, I, it's extraordinary how heavily invested I felt in a movie which relies upon the latest and greatest immersive CGI. I really cared deeply about the characters, unlike Jackie and, and their story arc. I mean, I thought this was an un, unqualified stunner. I really did. And having said that, I would agree with you that it's a it's a familiar type story. I mean, it, it goes the, in the direction that I, I kind of expected it to go. But, I mean, you know, the, the family, the society, the, the story overview, the family, the society machinations, uh, it, it's, it, it does follow a familiar and expected route. But I still think the realisation of it is truly masterful. And for a film that, a magnificent looking film that runs for three hours and 12 minutes, as I said, half an hour more than the first one, I did not find the length to be an issue. And I usually do, Greg, do I not? I usually comment upon the length of movies. And it's been an interesting week because we've seen four movies this week, Monday through to Thursday, and many of us have, and all of them will be nominated for Oscars. So, in, you know, we haven't had the Oscar nominations, but I, I feel fully confident all of them, the shortest film that I saw this week was over two hours and 20 minutes. And I think most of them were sustained. Only one of them wasn't. But, you know, so again, I think you, Peter Krauss, you say this to us all the time, that it depends on the movie. Uh, the running time is not consequential. It depends on whether the movie's good, bad or indifferent. Correct? Absolutely correct. Mm, okay. So... Okay, what about the enormous effort and resources, uh, Fred, that uh, James Cameron has put into getting the fine detail just right? You've got to admire that. I mean, I saw an interview recently with Sam Worthington, and he <laughs> said, like, he was being interviewed on the project only a week ago, and he said James Cameron is still working on the movie. Before Sorry. He... Still working on the movie? Still working on the movie a week ago. This days the... before it was released. Wow. That's wow. how committed he is. But look, Cameron that's is one of the greatest directors that's impossible. in the What do you mean? Well, how can well, he still be working on it a week ago? Well, it's digital. It's not, uh, the film is not shot on film. Yeah, you but it's still got to last be. minute adjustments before it's released. Absolutely. Well, oh, well, maybe he could have written in something more interesting in the storyline then, in the narrative. was. <laughs> I totally agree with you, Jackie. I don't think how they like could put the that much effort and time and money into one aspect of it and not balance that out by keeping us, you know, mentally um, entertained. If you look at Cameron's work in the past, his films were such a jump over their predecessors. Look at uh, Aliens, which was an enormous jump above Alien, and then Terminator 2, enormous jump above Terminator 1. His, his work is incredibly revolutionary in, in all, all aspects. But I just thought the first thing that crossed my mind when I finished watching Avatar 2 was this is what we've waited 13 years for? That well, he's first been trying to spread it over the, over the four sequels then. Uh, so he's not trying to, you know, give us too much in the second one because so many more yeah. are coming. Perhaps that's it. Well, I, I joked that uh, with... Uh, uh, the, the, the Katya twins, um, that the third film is probably going to be set in the snow and the fourth film is going to be set in space. Because <laughs> that's, that's all that he seems to be doing with this to differentiate the movies between one another. Just changing uh, well, the location and the scenery. The environment that was wonderful, the water environment really made it stand Amazing. out. We'll remember it for that, really. So visual, visually, the film was astounding, but I, I was still very disappointed because the story for me is the most important, always has been, always will be. But, but the, characters, the characters are readily relatable. I mean, there's, there's love. They're there. not, Alex. I spent half the film trying to work out who was who. Okay. I, I found them very easily relatable. You're talking about love, family. You're talking about friendship, the issue of trust, yearning, uh, uh, betrayal is there, anger, hatred. They're the dominant. All of that was in the first film as well. Yeah, but but hang on, hang on. How many films? We are all. Let's be honest. Most films deal with these human emotions, and yeah. so right? does the Fablemans, and you hated it. 
I, I no, no, hang on. We 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 we're not allowed to talk about the Fablemans, so <laughs> we, won't, we will not talk about the Fablemans. Right, right. But but you know, look, I thought this was. I mean, Jake continues to play a pivotal role, including squaring off with with the Miles Quaritch character. But much of the focus in this movie is on his second son and his adopted daughter. That was not the focus of the first one, Fred. Mm. No, no. I mean, you answer that. Well, it that, is. That, that, if, that's if you different. look at the parallels between both films, right? I yeah. don't want to spoil anything to your listeners. No, please don't. But okay, the, the, here are the similarities uh, in a in an abstract way. Okay. Um, Sam Worthington is the main uh, character in the first film. Yes. And you see him trying to fit in with the Navi even after they find out that he's an avatar. Mm-hmm. In the second movie, the Navi are now trying to fit in with this other tribe. And so both films, you'll, you see the, the character, the main character, whether it be just Sam Worthington or in the second film, his family, they're trying to prove themselves to these other people. Mm-hmm. And so they go through the same trials and the same tribulations and the same obstacles and the same emotional roller coasters to try and fit in. And once they fit in, they work together to to defeat their common foe. Yeah, the but, exact same thing happens. In I, both I suppose I suppose that for those people who want to, I, I, if we look at this in a human on a human level. For those people who don't fit in for whatever reason or don't feel they're part of society or or, or outsiders and whatever, that's a that, that resonates often for people throughout their lives. So I reckon that's relatable. I, I understand it's what, relatable, but how many times can you do it to death? All right. So what would you have liked to see? I mean, you know, and again, you're not James Cameron, but but what visionary if, way would if you I like, was yeah. if I was um I actually thought about this in great depth. If mm-hmm. I was him, I would have uh, focused the entire second movie on now the humans have left our planet. Now we are here alone, um, picking up, you know, mm-hmm. from the damage that, that was caused by that invasion. Now let's explore the relationships, not just between the Navi, but the different tribes that live on Pandora. Okay, but guess what you would have had? You would have had conflict then, Fred. Yes, exactly would've... right. Exactly right. Even among the same species, Alex, even among sorry, the same okay. species, yes, but, there but, is conflict. Yes, of course there is. And there is, of course, if you th- think about the, the planet that we're on, there is. But, exactly. But, but, but sorry. So in the first one, you'd have conflict between humans and the Na'vi. And then the second one, you'd have internal conflict on this moon planet. So yes, and how then does, the third, how that's that, what would have made the third film so interesting, is that in the second movie, there was conflict between the tribes. And then in the third film, 10, like 15, 20 years later, when the humans return, these tribes have to, you know, throw away their differences and okay. come together to defeat their common foe. Yeah, but again, all of this has been done before. None of this, none of what you've told me is in any way original. I'm sorry, and I don't mean that disrespectfully, but I, I mean, all of that is, it, we've seen this in other movies, and whether they do it one way or the other, that, that's yes, I like Fred's narrative there. I think Fred's got it. I think Fred's okay. nailed it. Good on you, Fred. Could you send that to him? <laughs> no, and, but what I mean is, we want to know more about um, Pandora. And I don't feel like in the first film we really got to know the planet and all the creatures and the species that exist on it. I mm-hmm. thought it was a missed opportunity for Cameron to explore the planet so we got to know it better before the third film has this epic battle. All right. Now, Peter Krause, you've heard what uh, Fred's rewrite of Avatar 2. Uh, what, what would you like to have seen? Because you, you've also been critical. <laughs> Well, I'm, I'd be more interested in what happened to that precious mineral that was so important. Yeah. Yes. Uh, that seems to have unobtainium. unobtainium that seems yes. to have disappeared. What a stupid name. Oh, <laughs> ridiculous. And I, I agree with you, Fred. I would have liked it's... more of that storyline to be developed in terms of the tribes. I mean, this film revels in violence and in bloodshed and in conflict when yeah. it's supposed to be originally was supposed to be set up as a way of dealing with conflict and dealing with pacifism and yeah. and harmony and and yeah. so this is turned into a marvel coming. film yeah. yeah well how is how is unobtainium better than vibrate is it vibratium or vibranium or uh, the, 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 <laughs> it's the just one, a macguffin uh, alex it's just a macguffin 
It's just a MacGuffin, exactly. Which which film was this in, Peter? That we saw recently with Vibratium. That that. Uh, Wakanda. That was, um, Black Wakanda. Panther. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, right. Sorry, what was that, Greg? Black Panther. Black Panther, exactly. So you know, the, the these names, maybe they can be a little bit more inventive about it. So I mean, I I think that I'm the only one who thought this was an excellent sequel. Uh, am I correct, Jackie? No, no. You, many people like it. No, no, I'm talking about Amongst Us. Oh, Amongst uh, Jack, Us, yeah. Yeah, Amongst Us. I mean, yeah. none, none of you... We need to give our scores now because if we're going to do our end of year best... Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we are there, Jackie, so that's fine. I reckon it builds on the plot it's rightfully afforded to Avatar 13 years ago. Uh, I'm not, I'll am not. i give my score last. We'll go from tallest to shortest. So we'll start off with you, Fred. Look, if this film had come out three, four, five years after the first film, I think I would have given it a higher score. But we've waited 13 years for something very special, and he didn't deliver. So on that basis, um, I'd give it a six, six and a half. Peter Krause. Uh, it is a spectacle to look at. It, it, it really is a technical marvel, but it is a washout in terms of the story. It's a very disappointing, cliche-ridden. I can just barely give it five out of ten. Oh, my golly. Wow. Okay. That's extremely harsh. Jackie Hamilton. I'm going to agree with everything Peter and Fred said so that three of us are right. However, I'm feeling a little more generous at this time of year and I did enjoy myself. I didn't have a problem for three hours, so I'm giving it a seven out of ten. Yeah. Well, it's all right. All three of you can be wrong. You're dismissed now. From <laughs> That's a good point from Jackie, by the way. I, I wasn't bored at all throughout the film. I was not bored. Peter, but were you bored? I probably won't see it again anytime soon. Peter, were you bored? Uh, I was. Uh, by the time it got to the halfway stage, I was bored. I was hoping for something different, unusual, uh, different from the cliches that I was being given. So, yes, I was looking at my watch about the two-hour mark. Wow. Okay. I'm giving it an eight and a half to nine out of ten. I thought it was wow. a terrific sequel. Really enjoyed it. And you're, all of you are excused, as I've said. You're listening to Fred Levitt. Fred K. Levitt, we should say, Peter Krause, Jackie Hamilton, and Gregory King. Top 10, bottom 10. We are just going to race through the bottom 10 to, for begin, to begin with. Greg, we've hardly heard from you, so because you, you, you'll you catch up on Avatar, The Way of uh, Water, shortly. So tell us the bottom 10, working your way up from 10 to 1, please. Greg? Um, uh I'm just going to give you the films I enjoyed the least this year, if you like. Okay. Yep, that's fine. Um, and the worst film, clearly for me, was Jackass Forever. It was more painful sitting through this film than it was anything that guys under, underwent um, in terms of physical right. punishment. Just give, it, just, give us na- just give us names, please, mate, because we yeah, won't. Jackass Forever. So off the rails, I didn't like much either. Man of God, I didn't like. I found it really boring. Um, the Secrets of Dumbledore wasn't all that flash. Special effects, but... I lost the plot for me. Um, a thing called Dash Cam, which was another variation of found footage um, fil- film there, and a lot of running and screaming, but not much there. And look, I'm over these Marvel films, even though they're not the worst films of the year. I just felt bludgeoned into submission by the succession of films like Black Adam and that. Fair enough. All right, Peter Krause, the ones you didn't like. Okay, the two just outside my top, my worst 10 were Lost City and uh, Jackass Forever. I agree with you, Greg. Now, the uh, worst 10 films of the year, going backwards from number 10 to number one, Don't Worry, Darling, very disappointing. Where the Crawdads Sing, pretty bad. Light light Year, very disappointing. Um, uh, Marry Me, uh, a washout of a story. Um, Ticket to Paradise, A Waste of Time, uh, Jurassic World Dominion, a totally unnecessary uh, sequel, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, terrible animation, Um, Morbius, uh, a a terrible Marvel film, really bad, Uh, Wog Boys Forever, totally unnecessary um, follow-up, and the worst film of the year is definitely The House of Gucci, a total wasted opportunity oh, of it, a good story. How wrong you can possibly be. Jackie, what do you <laughs> what, what? I mean, it just staggers me. Uh, Jackie? Go. Um, just to show how clever I am, 
<laughs> I managed to avoid every single film that Greg mentioned on his list. Very well, there you go. Well done, you, Jackie. <laughs> I, suffer for you. I suffer so you didn't have to. <laughs> Excellent. Um, I did see a few of Peter's and I agree with some. My, um, funnily enough, I have nine worst films. I couldn't find another one just to shove in for the sake of it. So these are my worst five um, uh, going up to the worst. Uh, dog, the Channing Tatum making friends with the dog. Jordan Peele um, disappointment about aliens. You had to have your Wikipedia open to even understand it. You're talking no, you're, you're talking no are you? No, yes. Jurassic World Dominion, same as Peter. Where the Crawdads Sing, same as Peter. Uh, the Good Boss, that Spanish alleged comedy. A Stitch in Time about an old lady who sews dresses on a sewing machine. Oh, my God. Um uh, is it bros bros the two yes, day, uh, no couldn't do that everything in between um an australian um shall we say state of depression and the worst film for the year for me was hocus pocus 2 no. <laughs> you, you still haven't got my, you still haven't got my 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 uh my top 3 are not not in yours so far uh, Fred, just briefly, because we 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 got to yeah. give it. Up. I just have to preface quickly. I ha- I avoided half the films that came out this year, like Jackie. Okay. So these Go are the films it. that I saw, which are horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness, mm-hmm. Jurassic Park Dominion, Wog Boy Forever, Thor: Love and Thunder, Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, Men, Crimes of the Future, Halloween Ends, Pinocchio. And Fantastic Beasts, Secrets of Dumbledore. I almost died during that screening. All right. Well, look, none of you have mentioned my top, my worst three. Um, with dishonourable mentions to Blacklight, the Liam Neeson film, and Girl at the Window, which is the Australian horror thriller with Rada Mitchell. Going up from 10, Beast, Murder Party, the silly French mystery comedy, Black Adam, that's been mentioned, Nope, which was also mentioned by Jackie, After Ever, ha- After Ever, Ever Happy, which is this melodramatic teen romance. It's a franchise. Men, which has also got a mention at number five. Off the Rails, which I think Greg mentioned. That's four. Now, my worst three, Book of Love, which was this appalling comedic romance. A couple of writers thrown together on a book tour of Mexico starring Sam Claflin. Second, that bad? That was appalling, Jackie. You've got no taste whatsoever. Uh, yeah, the, yeah. The, sorry? I said, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The Northman. <laughs> which was this horrible action drama from Robert Eagers about a young Viking prince out to avenge his father's murder, Alexander Skarsgård, Nicole Kidman and Klaus Bang. And, and the worst movie... Sorry? A whole lot of blood. And a whole lot of blood. The worst movie, which I gave zero, I would have given a negative mark if that was possible too, which was a total and utter waste of time. Dave Grohl from the Foo Fighters, totally unworthy comedic horror... Studio 666. Was that even released in the cinema? Yes. Briefly. Yes. Yes. And the funny thing is, I remember dear old Dave, who's not with us today, because I think he's a big Foo Fighters fan, didn't mind it. And I'm thinking, oh, my golly. Um, And his taste is usually better than the rest of yours. So there you go. Um, You like that little aside? There we go. (laughs) (laughs) We are on first on film and entertainment on JR 88 FM. We're going to have to race through the top 10 films as well. And I know there's not going to be a lot of honourable mentions. We probably won't have time for those. So we'll, we'll just go straight to the top 10. If we have time at the end, we will add those. So let's start with you, Jackie Hamilton, working up from 10, 10 to 1. Okay, from 10 to 1. Actually, I've got 10 best runner-up and then my No, top. no, we don't want your runners-up. Sorry, that's why I do it. Okay, sorry about this. Um, I think it was uh, Peter, but House of Gucci is in my best um, runner-up films. Um, Kovadis Aida, uh, set in the Bosnian wars in the 90s, uh, about the translator in the peacekeeping force there in the UN. What's the name of that movie? Uh, Kovadis Aida. Yes. Okay. I have yes. Not heard Great that. movie. Great movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Film. She's got her family in the U.S. base, and there's um, and it leads to a slaughter of um in Srebrenica. I'm going to check um, that 
Everything Went Fine, which is a French film about two sisters and their incapacitated father who um, uh, requires them to help with a sister dying. Uh, it's actually very moving and very funny as well. Mm-hmm. Based on a true story. Um, happening, again, based on a true story, the 1963 uh, a girl who is seeking an illegal abortion and what it does to her life uh, being in a situation where it is illegal for her to do this. After Yang, which is a little bit of a sci-fi, which is unusual for me, but it was an absolutely beautiful film um, about about family and connection and memory and um, nature versus nurture, and it's quite melancholy and really beautiful and quiet, and it's got a Japanese aesthetic. I love that. Mm-hmm. Next, I'm sorry, Fred. No, no, Keep no, on going, no. guys. We're going to run out of time. Next yep. Is come on, come on, with, which is the Joaquin Phoenix about an uncle who finds a connection with his nephew when he has to kind of look after him for his sister in New York. And uh, I just thought it was in black and white, and the flashbacks are in colour, and it was a little bit different and a beautiful story. My next one is Glass Onion, which is a just a good old fashioned mystery with characters and red herrings, thoroughly enjoyable. Matilda. The one just in the cinemas, uh, I think, last week, Tim Minchin lyrics um, based on the stage musical that he wrote for on the Roald Dahl book. Totally joyous. Had you seen Had you seen the actual stage production? Yes, it's one of my favourite musicals yeah, of all time. And the film is just as I, I laughed, I cried. I, oh, it's beautiful. Uh, the next one on my list, Everything Everywhere All at Once yes. for its Mind-blowing originality, you know. I, I was disappointed. Keep going. Love that movie. He's so funny. It's worth it just to see Jamie Lee Curtis as that pot-bellied IRS investigator. Really enjoyable. Um, the next one, just out of my top, is Elvis, which I just love, 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 loved every minute of it. I was carried away. I was. How many, movies and- have, you, how many movies have you talked about so far? Where are we in, in your top ten? That's <laughs> nine. I'm if you're, I'm keeping Jack, count. You'll take up the rest right. of this program. Let's keep going. <laughs> if you stopped going on at me, I would have finished by now. But now, can I have my drum roll now? Yeah, go for it. Go. Yeah, you got the drum roll. Just do it. So, top film of 2022 for me is um, is um, a draw. It's a draw. It's a draw. Come on, you got to separate. I mean, hang on. If it, in the World no, Cup, in the, ten in the World Cup, films got ten out of ten from me, and these are the two. Yeah, but the, you know, in, a, in a World Cup final, there, there's a if you if you uh, are at the end of extra time and the scores are locked, you have to have a penalty shootout. Which one wins? The top two of 2022 are the Forgiven and oh. a Hero. Oh, I love you, Jackie. Okay, hang on. Hang on. For, the Forgiven and what was the other one? A hero, Asghar Fahadi, um, the, in the Persian language, yeah, yes. about, okay. about no. the, a man yeah. who's in jail for a debt and his life turns upside down. Right. Very, very good, Jackie. Okay, terrific. Now, uh, Greg King, can you give us your top ten, please? Well, I've got a couple more than ten to go through. A bit like Jackie there. All right, I'll move you quickly because. Uh, but, 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 but I'll do it my way, thank you. Um, I haven't had much to say all day. Um, I'm going to start with what was a guilty pleasure for me, which was Violent Night, which is a cross between Die Hard and um, Home Alone, which I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed. But other films I put on my list were Quo Vadis Aida, which Jackie's already mentioned. Um, Escape from Mogadishu, um, a Korean film. Um, kinetic energy, frenetic, and lots of energy. Um, <laughs> I like The Phantom of the Open. Uh, my films are ones I enjoyed, not necessarily the best films. So The Phantom of the Open with um, Mark Rylance. Uh, I actually like The Grey Man, non-stop action there. Um, Fall, the two girls stuck on top of that tower there, was very um, vertiginous. Um, Farewell, Mr. Hafman with um, Daniel Teal. Um, Mona Lisa and the Blood Moon. The more it went on, the more I found myself engaged and hooked by the film. Um, Bones and All. Um, uncomfortable subject matter, but it's a coming-of-age teen romance cannibal love story. Um, Compromat, the French film about the French um, guy stuck behind, thrown in jail and black, and for crimes he didn't commit, but shut him up. Um, I like 
Jackie, I liked Elvis. I thought Baz Luhrmann's flashy visual style there. Frenetic start there, but I thought Austin Butler did a great job of capturing um, Elvis's style. Um, I liked Barbarian. It was a good year for horror films. Barbarian and X, about the 20-somethings who go to a farm in Texas to shoot a porn movie and end up being the stars of their uh, uh, horror splatter, splatter horror film. Um, I actually like Bros as well, and I also like Top Gun Maverick. Mm-hmm. And sorry, now, uh, uh, so is there a top? Uh, the, is, was there a top film of the year? I haven't given a top film oh. yet. They're, the ones, they're my, they're my. Okay. Greg, they're the group, moving. They're my I enjoyed okay. most. All right, so let's go for it. Go for it, please, from ten to one. Hello. Who? Sorry. Who? So, so there isn't a. You don't actually have a top film of the year. I haven't worked it out completely yet. I've been rushing oh. through other things. Sorry, oh. Alex. That, that, oh. They're the ones I enjoyed most for this year. Oh, okay, got it. No problems at all. All right, Peter Krause, go for it, please. Okay, and now I've kept documentaries separate. Uh, and uh, oh. so let's go through the uh, best 10 films of the year, starting at number 10, Preparations to Be Together for a Long Period of Time mm. yes. from Hungary. Uh, excellent film. Uh, number nine, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Terrific film. Uh, number eight, Bardo, A False Chronicle of a Handful of Truths, the Inrito film from Mexico. Uh, number seven, I had All Quiet on the Western Front from Germany. Uh, terrific uh, submission there. Uh, number six, White Noise, the Noah Baumbach film. Number five, Memoria with uh, Tilda Swinton, uh, uh, quite a resonant film, that one for me. Number four, Decision to Leave from Korea. Number three, The Banshees of Inisherin. Uh, number two, Triangle of Sadness. And the best film of the year is the one that we saw very early in the year, Drive My Car from Japan. Just a well, great that, film. That, that, I checked that out. That was out released last year, was it not? No, I had it listed as a January oh, release. Did you? Because uh, I would have put that number one, and I, I, when I looked it up this morning, actually, um, I, 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 I stand to be corrected, but uh, according to IMDb, I'm just putting this in again. Drive my car, just to not that the, you know, it, it's a movie that people should go and see. I'm now looking down as to when it was released in Australia. One presumes IMDb is accurate, so I can only go by that. And it's got release dates in various places. So I'm now going to have a look. And it says, I'm looking for Australia as we go down. Australia, ah, you know what it's done? Sydney Film Festival, 12th of November 2021. So the Sydney Film Festival isn't right around Australia. So perhaps it was released in cinemas around Australia this year, Peter. That's yes, probably. it was definitely January release. Definitely January release. Okay, good stuff. Um, now, just your top three documentaries then, Peter. Uh, top three documentaries were Ablaze, the Australian film about the Aboriginal filmmaker, uh, Eternal Spring, Canada's submission for the Oscars, uh, and uh, the best uh, documentary of the year, Ennio Morricone, The Maestro. The Maestro That's a great yeah. documentary. Which was just, just held, done recently. Um, Fred Levitt, thank you very much, Peter. Uh, Fred Levitt, your yep. top 10 movies of the year, please. Okay, number 10. Uh, I can't believe uh, we saw this last year, but it came out this year. Nightmare mm -hmm. Alley. Absolutely mm -hmm. loved it. Mm -hmm. um, number nine is Speak No Evil. That's the Dutch and Danish film mm -hmm. uh, about a family who meets another family on a holiday and they're invited back to their it's, – it's a brilliant film. For those who haven't seen it, go watch it. It's really scary. Um, number eight, Compromat. Uh, I think uh, Compromat is a terrific movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, number it's seven, Armageddon Time with Anthony Hopkins and Anne Hathaway. Brilliant it's, film. It's I, interesting, I ja Jackie Hamilton. You mentioned Armageddon Time to me, but it wasn't even in your uh, under. No, it's in my recommended. It's just below. It's just out of my top. It, it's out of your top fifty-seven. Okay, got it. Keep going. <laughs> How you didn't fast. like it, Alex. No, I thought it was terrific. I yeah. the two young young uh, stars of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so that was my number seven. Number six, everything, everywhere, all at once. I don't need to say any more. I, I think most of you liked it. Um, number five, The Stranger, easily hands down the best Australian film of the year. Fantastic Australian movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, Sean, Sean Harris's performance is one of the oh most. Oh my god, he's not even Australian. 
Yeah, phenomenal. Yeah, phenomenal performance. Uh, number four, the outfit. Can't believe no one mentioned this. It's a brilliant film. Mm, it's a, it's a super, Mark Rylance. I mean, what a character actor he is. The entire film is set in one room, pretty much, and it's just yeah. so suspenseful. Yeah, Peter, Peter that, that did not get a mention with you either. Was that just outside, or what, what did you think? Yes, I had quite a few, about ten other films outside my top ten, including okay. The Stranger as well. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now, uh, number three is The Forgiven. I think this was Ralph Fiennes' yeah. best film of the year. I, I really didn't like the menu. I thought it was total dross. Oh, I like the menu, but, but there yeah. you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, the best documentary, hands down, Navalny, about uh, Alexei oh, yes. Navalny. Mm-hmm. Uh, and number one, there is no there is no competition, Top Gun Maverick, from start to finish. Mm-hmm. Every moment of that film yeah. was just pure joy. Yeah, it's in my it's in my top three as well. Now it's 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 very interesting that you you've mentioned some of these. I, I Peter, given that you know what you've just said about drive my car, that would be my number one now. Uh, it's it's interesting. It was I, I'm I'm torn between three in in, in my top ten. I'm torn between the, the three that I had and now the four I've had. I'll get to that in a moment. Just briefly, I'm going to quickly go through names and. You know, stop me if you disagree in terms of highly recommended. House of Gucci, Quo Vadis, Aida, Operation Mincemeat, nobody's mentioned, which surprised me. Uh, the Conference, which was this chilling historic war drama involving a meeting of high-ranking Nazi officials plotting what was known as the final solution. Uh, I, I like the music doco about David Bowie called Moon Age Daydream, even though it was a bit bizarre. Hit the Road, this whimsical family drama from uh, first-time feature film called Panahi, uh, Armageddon Time, Bones and All, Glass Onion and Knives Out Mystery. Did any of you see the documentary I'm Juanita? I thought that was very good. No, I haven't seen that. Yes. Yes. that. Was yep. okay. Uh, Spencer, yeah. Preparations to Be Together for an Untold Period of Time. Now, this was the, the horror film Fresh. I thought that was amazing. Did oh, any- amazing. And how beautiful is what's her name? Gosh, uh- <laughs> I'm not talking about the beauty of people. I'm talking about the movie itself. Uh, yeah. Ber- Ber- I can't take my eyes off her, though. Bergman Island uh, impressed me. The, the Souvenir Part 2, Nobody Has to Know. After Yang, nobody's mentioned. Nobody enjoyed that? Yeah, someone did mention it. Oh, did oh, they? Jackie did. Jack, I'm sorry, Jackie. That's just a remake of Bicentennial, man. Uh, the, the, good, the Good Boss. Greg, I think you mentioned X. Uh, yes. Then Little, Little Tornadoes, I enjoyed. I also enjoyed the animated comedy adventure Minions, The Rise of Gru. Nobody else did? Steve Carell? No? Yes, we, we tried to keep it to 10 or so that we were told to. And uh, so far you've said 27. Exactly, because I just realised we've got another five minutes. So I'm, 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 I'm monopolising the time. Um, I, I, I actually liked Downton Abbey and New Era. I, I thought the second spin-off was pretty good. My mum loved it. Like Alex. Sorry? There was something you didn't like from the sounds of it. Well, hang on. I'd given, have I, I've given my bottom ten. There's a, there's quite a bit here. Then there's compartment number six. Uh, that was the dramatic romance set in the Arctic Circle. I really enjoyed Elvis. I thought the Phantom of the Open, which has been mentioned a couple of times, I thought The Forgiven was magnificent, set in Morocco with Jessica Chastain and Ray Fiennes. Employee of the Month, this wacky French comedy. Nobody's mentioned Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. What a feel-good charm. My mum loved that movie. Yeah, Leslie Manville, Isabel Huppert. A great film, though, Alex. I'm sorry, you're wrong again, Jackie. How many times in one segment yeah. could be wrong? By the way, guys, can I just uh, say something quickly? Um, it might not come out in Australia until January, mm-hmm. but it's come out everywhere else. Yes. Fablemans is the best film of the year. Yeah, okay, you, we're not allowed to talk about it. There's an embargo. Embargoed, Fred. Allowed to yeah, talk well, about I'm it. just saying it's good. Uh, yes, it, okay, it, it's coming out. The um, uh, Okay, Smile, I thought that was a psychological horror from a debut writer and director called Parker Finn. The Outfit, which was just great, and The Stranger. Now, top ten from worst of the ten to the best. The Quiet Girl, the slow burn Irish drama. The Australian documentary about a trauma cleaner called Sandra Pankhurst. Did anybody see Clean? No? Other than me? Well, okay. I loved it, but, you know. You loved it, you know. Okay. Come On, Come On, which has been mentioned, the Mike Mills drama with Joaquin Phoenix. Happening, which has also been mentioned. Lost Illusions. I thought that was extraordinary. The um, 
the, the historic dramatic romance with Cécile de France. Petite Maman, nobody's mentioned, the beautiful film about childhood, about loss and memories, focusing on an eight-year-old girl's relationship with a mum. A Hero, which I think Jackie mentioned, you can be right occasionally. Uh, and these, these were my, this is my dilemma. I had The Banshees of Inna Sharon, I had Top Gun Maverick, and I had Avatar The Way of Water, and it was a question of how one, how, how one sort of puts them. And I would have put Avatar at the top, I would have put Top Gun Maverick number two and The Banshees of Inner Sharon at number three, but I'm now going to supplant all of those with Drive My Car, thanks to, was that Peter who said, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so there you go. So they're my top 11 uh, films of the year. So anybody else, you've, you've got a couple of minutes left, anybody else want to add any other movies that people should go along and see? Maybe they're just outside your top 73. Go for it. Jackie, have you got any others that you want to mention? Right on the list, and it was only hearing someone uh, say The Stranger, Fred saying The Stranger, that I don't know where that vanished off my list. That was certainly in my top ten when the I originally wrote it. Movie. So Sorry, I'm did, you get that, did you also get that wrong, did you, Jackie? That's all right. That, the Australian film The Stranger, which is still out and really recommend that. I just want to throw in there also that I had Nightmare Alley, which somebody else had. I had Hive, which was the um, – the story of um, uh, women whose husbands were missing or killed who went about starting businesses and faced all sorts of no, um, no objections. Can I just say quickly? We're going to have to wrap, we're going to have to wrap things. Compartment number six, full-time the French single mother. Jackie, Jackie I'm going to have to cut you off. We're about, to, we're about to end the program, but you can keep talking next week, which will be fantastic. Peter, thank you very much. Gregory King, you'll, you will hear more of you hopefully next week. Fred, it's been a pleasure having you on board as well. And yeah. I wish that I, this movie doesn't open till the 26th of January. I wish it was in this year's list. Uh, it is called Tar with Kate Blanchett. And boy, oh boy, what a performance. Folks, been pleasure being with you and I wish you a terrific week and go along and see some movies. You've been listening to First on Film and Entertainment. Mm-hmm.